Thank you for joining the Dads Are Cool 2 podcast. Please subscribe for exclusive content and send your favorite stories about parenthood to dadsarecool2 at gmail.com. Kobe just walked up to Jackson and shoved, like, both hands, shoved the... Kobe. He's like, <laughs> like Kobe! <laughs> Like yo, and I, and I saw. I actually saw it this time. She just walked up to him, both hands just shoved, and I like grabbed her like mid push. I don't know where he was gonna fly to, but he was out. He was gonna fly why into the, the bookshelf or something like that. I'm like, dog, why'd you push him? Why is the second shot always What's up, everybody? Welcome to Dads of Cool 2 Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Timothy Havens. Nalan Reed, Dr. Nalan Reed. Dr. Thank say. you. Thank you, baby. Thank you. All right. What to do, what to uh, do. Let's go. Episode three. Thank everybody for following, um, liking, subscribing, giving us five stars on all these platforms yeah. and showing a lot of love. We appreciate all the love. Yeah, super facts, yo. For real. Like, keep following us. Instagram, Dads of Cool 2 with three O's, Twitter, Facebook. Everything YouTube, especially YouTube. You, got the, you got the YouTube videos up as well. Yep. So please continue showing us the love. I really appreciate that. So we also have the Patreon account up. Uh, there's different tiers of ways you can support us. Right, you might be able to get uh, some exclusive material, some discounts on our merchandise, the stuff that we're wearing right now, uh, as well as um, an, op- an opportunity to come on the show or something like that. So check it out and see what you want. Got a couple of surprises in store. Yeah, for All sure, right, for right. sure, for sure. So how how's your family been since the last episode? Yeah, we've been all right, man. We've been good. Everything is good, man. We still on that, you know, semi quarantine life. Uh, I think I told you that I, I published a paper a little bit a yeah, little congr- while ago. Congrats on that, man. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really it's really big. It was a lot of hard work, but we were able to do that. Yeah, you want um, to so tell people a little bit about that about uh, the research that you did <laughs> about the research that I did. Um, so essentially, uh, the research that I'm doing is to you want to use this high powered microscope. Um, essentially, if you have like a light, you can shine a light on that person. And uh, depending on what comes back, the information that comes back, we could detect if there's um, odd levels of the cellular components, uh, particularly lipids. So that's like if you eat something, it's like glucose, and that turns into lipids for energy, fat, whatever. But I think I remember um, that from science a little, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but there, but there's a way that the that that is formed, and then that it's released out of your cells. And if there's um, an abundance of it, or too too few of the lipids then that means something's wrong. So previously, there were a lot of invasive ways of doing that. Like you have to get a biopsy or something like that a lot of people aren't comfortable with, which would lead to late detection of cancer. Uh, So what we're doing is doing something that hopefully would lead to um, a quicker and easier detection of cancer. Well, yeah. Um, Maybe not preventative, but at least you you can learn earlier if you have an issue so so the issue can get uh, resolved quicker. So um, how about you? How's everything going with you? So the family's all good. Everybody's been um, still quarantined as much as possible, but a lot of the family's still been going to my mother's house so that okay. we can take the girls, take the kids, get in the pool. They love it that's on the weekends. Yeah. So that's what's up. Jackson is doing this like weird thing. You know, my son is two and a half, and he's like reverting back to baby. I don't know because his, his baby sister's around, and we see like he gets uh-huh. like a little jealous or whatever. It's but he he walks up to us and is like, 
Gugu Gaga? <laughs> like, dog, like, what do you, like, you speak English. Like, <laughs> he's like, Gugu Gaga, Gugu Gaga. I'm like, what do you want? Gugu Gaga. <laughs> and, and, but, but the only thing when, when it's like him and Kobe in the room together and something falls and we come in there, Kobe did it. <laughs> Kobe, no. it, it was Kobe, you learned. Probably. No. Sir, Kobe did daddy. Kobe did it. <laughs> Type of pig voice. So, you, do you think that it could it could be from uh, YouTube? I don't I don't know. I probably he watches a lot of that. Because all. some of the videos when they like have the younger children or the like you know the baby on there and then they want to I don't act like him. I have no idea what he like. I know he watches Coco Melon. Sometimes yeah. he has the um his little tablet and sometimes I gotta take that tablet away from him. Yeah, because he be playing this Power Ranger game. And I'm like, it's a lot of fighting in this game. Like, <laughs> and then he come back to us like talk about hiya. <laughs> and it's cool he do it to me, but he can't be high on his his sister or his mom like yeah. kicking the hell out of them. But um, but yeah, I don't know where where he gets some of the stuff from. Like he's a, he's hilarious. He's an actor, and then sometimes speaking of actor, his legs don't work. Sometimes he's been walking since he was like maybe a week before his first birthday. But when you don't want to do something, especially when you don't want to go to his room and go to sleep, his legs just stop working. <laughs> he's like, like just, I'm not moving. He like ah. <laughs> like yo at first it was funny we like yo what's wrong with this kid and then it's like then it's gradually went to um, Jackson what's wrong then it went to Jackson use your words and now it's just like yo get that <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes the tablets they like depending on what games or um, they have on there they start yeah. like acting like those things because that's what they see all the time because I know now that the girls, they, they do the same thing. They want to fight and all that because they're watching shows like DC Superhero Girls okay. with the actors. You know, even when PJ Maxx and they want to mm-hmm. act like this, I'm, I'm this person, I'm that person. So I think that the, the shows that they're watching sometimes yeah. makes them change it. How is it trying to watch your shows? Like, are you able to watch shows or do you have to wait till they go to sleep? We can't watch anything. <laughs> you can't watch. I can't even watch Jeopardy. Like for 30 minutes. That's like all I want to watch is Jeopardy oh, for 30 God. minutes at night. I love, I love Jeopardy. <laughs> same. And they just come in there, they just sit on my lap, and they just be talking. I don't know what they be talking about, but I can't drown my kids out with Jeopardy. That's like yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, But yeah, yeah, we don't really get to watch anything. And then by the time they do go to sleep, we're like so exhausted. Like I would say maybe once a month we get a good amount of shows in. Yeah, we definitely try to wait till like after 8 p.m., like after the, mm-hmm. the kids are sleeping because it's too much going on. You send them to their room and you're like, oh, they're on the iPads, they're fine. Two seconds later, do, 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 do. You're like, all right. all right, we're not gonna be able to watch this, baby. Um, pause, try again. So later. They, they go to sleep at eight. They actually go to sleep. No way. Not during. The, we try to wait to like because that's when they like winding down. Okay. So okay. we can say, all right, go lay on your bed, and you got the iPad. Either you could read a book or you could go on one of your games. Yeah. Uh, so today we have a, a special guest. Um, a really good friend from college. We've been known each other for sixteen years. My, it's my brother, um, Tavon Turnbull, and uh, we're gonna discuss with him. His journey and his um, his path to being a father, where he is right now as a father. Um, unfortunately, uh, him and his wife had a, a few struggles with um, pregnancy and conceiving, and, and, and keeping the keeping the baby throughout the um, duration of the pregnancy a few times. So uh, that's an issue that a lot of men don't speak on, and um, we want to you know attack real issues on this show as, as well as like joking around and being jovial. But uh, we want to have him on to just talk about it and, and educate us and educate. Everybody that's listening as well, because, you know, speaking to him um, over the past few weeks after I asked him to, to join the show, um, there was a lot of things that like I was to completely ignorant about. Yeah. So definitely I wanted, I wanted him to come on and, and kind of share his stories. And if anybody else is going through 
something similar. They know that you know they're not alone, and you know you can you can you can you can talk about it as a man, and yeah. it's okay. Um, yeah, because I think that people that go through that stuff, they don't speak to a lot of people about it. Maybe mm-hmm. your closest friends, but you don't really want to tell people. But then you still always have people asking you questions like, "Oh, when you're having kids? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been married for this amount of years. When you're having kids, yeah. and you, they, you know." They ask these questions without even thinking about the possibility yeah. that did, did somebody you, did, could be trying and going through exactly, these, and it's, these, it's uh, a weird thing, right? Yeah. Did did um did your family pressure you a little bit, or your family and friends were they like, um, "When's the kids coming? When's the kids coming?" You know, it's crazy. They didn't actually because my sister has you know okay. uh, kids before me, so everybody so they, was they didn't having care about so much. <laughs> 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 like, oh, everybody was having so much fun with um the, the children that they they wasn't like oh Tim when they, they were saying things like oh you're gonna be a good father like I see the way okay. you know you're with um your nieces and nephew yeah but they didn't like no pressure how about you after we got married um there was a little bit of you know everybody be asking so when's the baby coming like oh yeah. let's chill for a little bit yeah so when's the baby coming when's the baby coming um and then you have the baby. And the people that was asking the question ain't even around. Like, yo, come take care of this kid at four o'clock in the morning. You was so much wanting us to have a kid. Come, come and take care of this little baby. That's yours too. Seriously, <laughs> you, you don't see a couple of people afterwards. How many kids did you did you want initially? I wanted five. I wanted to beat oh. my mom by one. So that was my goal. I was like, you know what? My mom had four. <laughs> she almost passed out. <laughs> I had two, and uh, quickly I learned. <laughs> so it changed. It changed. No, I think that I'm still going keep going but I, I i like set goals and after i hit that goal i want to have the kid i don't want to just keep having children to be in the, okay. the same position so, so if you if you if you're able to hit the goals you still want to have five i think i could i still could go for five what about wifey like i know she has she had one before yeah she yeah she already has three girls she's yeah. like um nah okay she's done <laughs> yeah so she's kind of done but i feel like uh, you might she might up. go for one more because she also boy, she you... also wants a boy. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, but I I already know it's gonna be another girl. I already know. I got the feel. Yeah. So, how many uh, children do you want to have? Um, not as much as Karen. So Karen comes from a family of four brothers and sisters. Okay. So she has two brothers and a sister. So it's two boys and two girls. I think she wanted kind of same thing from me, which I was just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, and, and and I I have like a half I have a half brother. Um, and he never really like lived with me for for too long. I was kind of an only child in that way, right? So I don't yeah, know what it's definitely. like to have a lot of like brothers and sisters. And they were always cousins and stuff staying over at the house. But um, I think she likes that community or she wants like yeah. the same situation. All right, let's do a quick break. We'll be right back with Dads Are Cool too. Shout out to my cousin Faith at F and Drinks. Check out their Henny Coladas, Blue Hawaiian Drinks, and many more in the New York area. You can check them out on Instagram at drinks dot underscore underscore. That's D R I N K S dot underscore underscore. Uh, so last episode, we wanted our viewers to get a closer look into us, the host. Uh, for the most part, uh, the past two episodes have been pretty jovial, but um, on this platform, we wanted to have the opportunity to talk to real dads and real fathers to be about real issues, right, and, and real things that they might be going through, and have a real outlet. So. You know, we all have an idea about the stats, the statistics about um, infertility with, with, between couples. I think about 50% of couples are actually infertile. 30% might be due to um, the man, which is pretty high. Um, and all the older the woman gets, uh, the less likely she might be able to conceive. Um, and then there's also this, these disparities with um, healthcare within the black community, right? Whether it's, yep. um, you know, high, higher risk at, at a particular um, health issues or even the way we're treated within the healthcare system. 
Uh, so for this episode, we want to, you know, kind of talk to um, how this struggle with conception and infertility might actually affect the man from a man's perspective. Although we do not hear much due to taboo about troubles with or struggles with women conceiving and even um, going through for the full pregnancy, uh, we, we hear even less from the men's perspective and how that might affect them. Um, so today we, we have our special guest, Tavon Turnbull, when we come back to talk about his journey as a father, um, going from being married all the way to actually having a beautiful one-year-old son now. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Dad's a Cool too. Dad story. There's the meme where the baby poops so bad that you wanted to throw the whole baby away. <laughs> so I was watching Ari alone for the day. Mistake number one. <laughs> <laughs> She had a onesie with jeans and pooped through her diaper. It went through her onesie and all Uh. over her back. When I attempted to take the onesie off, poop was all over it and it got all on her head and some on her face. (gasps) I I literally brought her to the bathroom sink and sat her in there hoping the water would rinse everything off. Eventually got her clean, but definitely threw the onesie out. Goodness how, how did the poop get to her head? I have no clue, but I have questions for you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Dads Are Cool 2, episode 3. Thank you for sticking with us. Like I said earlier, we wanted to hit on a real topic that affects a lot of couples um, in the world. I believe uh, the stats say that 50% of couples are actually infertile. Um, 30% of that is actually due to males, right? So we wanted to bring on somebody that kind of went through that, that journey, um, ended up being a good story because he actually has a son now. Uh, my brother, since Hampton University for the past, what, 16 years now, Tavon Turnbull. Hey, hey guys. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah, for uh, sure, for sure. Thank hey, you for coming on. This is, this is a real important topic, right? Yeah, thanks for joining yeah. us. It's definitely, definitely real, definitely um, impacted my life uh, for, for a few years. So I'm glad that uh, we're getting to share, um, share this story with others because I know there are other people that are going through it. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. So can you tell us a little bit about your family? Yeah, so my family consists of myself, my wife, Leslie, and my son, Elijah, who we call Juju. Okay. How long have you guys been together? Um, We've been together for a very long time, but we've been married for the last um, nine years. Um, My son's birthday is actually the day after our anniversary. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So no more anniversary celebrations then? Nah, those are done. Like, nah. It's all birthdays from now on. All right, so, so can you tell us a little bit about your journey to, to fatherhood and parenthood? Yeah, so our journey actually um, took a, a pretty long time. Uh, uh, four years to get pregnant, um, five years until he was actually here. Um, we didn't plan on having kids right away. So after we got married, we, you know, people would ask us like, oh, when are you guys having kids and all that? And my favorite line would be like, kids are for your 30s. Like, we're going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to enjoy our, 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 our new union, right? And have fun, take trips, do all these things that we want to do. Okay. But all that, all that changed one day, right? So Leslie went to the, the doctor, you know, her, her annual exam. Um, and she went in and the doctor was like, uh-oh. And, you know, that's the last thing you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to hear that at all. In the doctor's office, right? Um, and she found out she had these things called fibroids, right? So fibroids affect um, many women, um, s- s- predominantly uh, African-American women. Like, so if you, if you even look up fibroids, right, you will see that one of the, the criteria is, um, is African-American, right? That's so wow. like, and a fibroid is like a, um, a growth inside the uterus, right? So, okay. so, you know, she asked the doctor, hey. Causes like the blockage or something? 
um, yeah, it could cause a blockage, like because the baby actually grows inside the uterus, right? So if you if the fibroids are too big and the baby implants in there, there won't be any room for it to grow. So it can actually cause like miscarriages. It can cause a lot of different things. So, but when she went and she she asked the doctor, okay, you know, do I need to do anything different, right? Doctor asked you like, like, are you having any pain? Are you having any bleeding? Are you having anything like that? She was like, no, I don't have any discomfort. Right. Fast forward a year, um, she's coming up. She can feel like you know she has a little bit, a little bit of discomfort, but nothing crazy. She's asking the doctor. She's contacting him. Hey, should I do anything different? Should I come in for an ultrasound? And the doctor's like, no, you don't need to come in. You know, you don't have any pain or anything like that. So she goes in for her her annual. Um, goes in, he checks in, and he's like, I think you should get an ultrasound. She's like, okay. Yeah. So she gets the ultrasound. No, call, she didn't hear back from him. She's calling him. She's calling him office. No hair, but call back. Um, she finally gets a call back, right? And she gets a call back, and the doctor's pretty much like, yeah, your fibroids grew a lot. Um, you're not gonna be able to have kids, just like that. I was like, man, you know, I'm not. I don't want to sound like an agent or anything. I'm just like, the doctor old as hell. He don't know what the hell he's talking about. How, I was like, nah. how long has that been her doctor? Like that. That doctor delivered her. Wow. So that's how long it's been her doctor, right? So I'm like, man, he's old. He he shouldn't even be practicing anymore. (laughs) He's done it. He's done it. He's going off the doctor. He knows what he's talking about. I mean, mean, at one point, he was really good at his field. Now he's getting ready to retire. You know what I'm saying? He's handling these things very nonchalantly. He shouldn't just call you and say that. Yeah. Yeah. Person or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very impersonal. Just like, all right, you're not going to be having kids. Like, you don't just say that to somebody. We, we went, we actually found a doctor um, in North Jersey. And when we told her, she was like, what are you talking about? Like, I do this all the time. I do this for a living. You'll be fine. You'll be able to have a baby. She was like, we'll remove those. It's not going to have any issues. I don't know why your doctor said that to you. So kind of going into what I'm saying, right? This is the same thing yeah. I was telling her. I, yeah. telling her. I don't know what you're talking about. We're going we to get this done. It, it's kind of crazy because if Leslie wasn't vigilant with her annual checkups, she wouldn't have never, she wouldn't have known. Yeah. Right. So a lot of people, that's something that's a, that's a message that everybody should kind of like think about. Make sure you go to the doctor, do your annual checkups. You know, like a lot of people don't go to the doctor for, for years at a time um, because they feel they feel healthy. They feel good. They feel fine. And, you know, shout out to Leslie because she was vigilant and, and made sure that um, she was making sure she, she took care of herself. For sure. Shout out to Mike Uko for our videography and photography. You can check him out on Instagram at Mike.Uko. That's M-I-K-E dot U-K-O. So you say you went to North Jersey to see the doctor up there? Yeah. So we went up there. We met with the doctor. Um, the doctor pretty much confirmed what I was saying. The doctor was like, yeah, I, I do this, right? So we, we remove them and, you know, we get people pregnant. That's what we'll do here. It was actually um, a, a fertility clinic that we went to. Yep. So we went up there. We met with the doctor. Um, we had to go back um, up for Leslie to get the fibroids removed. So um, in order to remove the fibroids, they, it's kind of like a C-section. So they, they cut her open, they go in there, and they remove all of the, the fibroids, right? They did the procedure. They removed everything. It was very successful. They got everything out. Um, so from there, we were like, you know, we need to start trying to, to have a baby, right? So, yeah. you know, that really sped up our timeline because – the chances are that the fibroids will come back. You know, the doctors were saying like, you know, you're good. You know, you should probably start doing like IVF treatments and stuff. I'm like, you know, they removed everything. We should be good. We should be able to just try on our own. We'll see what happened. We don't want to just start going to doctors and stuff like that. Yeah. So we decided to, um, you know, try on our own. 
and um, we got pregnant in like two months. Okay. I was like, see, again, they don't know what they're talking about. We good, yo, we got, yeah. yo, we got pregnant. <laughs> yeah, you um, just half hours. Yeah, right. Like, oh, you know, she surprised me. She told Random me it was like all oh, good. And they were like, right. oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right. So this was right before. This was right before my birthday. Right. So like that was like my birthday gift. It was like I was shoot. Like y'all about to be a dad. It's, it's great, right? And then about a month later, she had a miscarriage. Wow. So that was like, yeah, that was pretty crushing. Like, yeah, it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. I'm like, okay, you know, fine. All right, we had a miscarriage. You know, you know, let's get back on this thing. Let's get back on the horse, right? So mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, we'll we'll, we'll start trying again, right? Yeah. So we're trying. Nothing happens. Another month. Another month. Another month. Nothing. And it's like, it seems like when you're little, right, they tell you like, oh, if you have sex, you'll have a baby. Or, you know what I mean? Like, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't do that. Like, it's it's that like, but it's, it's not. It's, it's really a very, very small window where you can get pregnant. And it, for lack of a better word, it takes all the fun out of it, right? Yeah, like, you're yeah, supposed yeah, to be yeah. getting intimate and you're supposed to be enjoying yourselves. And it's like, this, it's work now. This yeah. is work, yeah. right? So um, that's just from you know my side and her side it's like my body's not working the way it's supposed to yeah, yeah. right and i have to just kind of be there and be a support system so you know after a number of months we decided to, to try and it's like you you think like oh yeah it's been like two months or something but like you know two months is, is 60 days you know <laughs> four months is 120 days that you're, you're you're working on it you start breaking it down and how many days and hours you're really thinking about this and you only get one shot a month to try yeah. At this point, are, did you tell family and friends that what was going on, or did they did they know at all? No, no. At this okay. at this time, nobody nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew what we were going through. Um, not like I don't I mean, definitely nobody knew that we had the miscarriage. Um, so it's kind of like we were going through that on our own, right? Yeah. Um, I think the only people that knew that were um, our parents because we had told our parents when we had got pregnant. Um, we told them early. Um, and, and my sister, because I told her along with my mom, so my mom would have somebody to talk to. Um, mm -hmm. So they're the only ones that knew that we had this um, initial miscarriage. Um, so we're kind of going through this alone, right? So we did all that stuff. We had the miscarriage. We, months have gone by. We're like, you know what? Um, you know, we should go to an infertility specialist, right, to see, you know, if there's anything that, that can go on. So we went um, – and mind you that like all the, the misconceptions in your brain and stuff like that, like I gotta go to a doctor to try to get pregnant. Like people get pregnant every day. It shouldn't be something. This is unnatural. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff is going through your head and then you have people, family members, people that talk about it, like like how bad it is and all this stuff. Like like in, you have to you eventually get to a point you realize like, man, my path is not the same as everybody else's path, right? My path is a little bit different. So you kinda kinda work around all those things in your, in, in your mind. And then after the, especially after the baby gets here, my kid is just like any other kid. Like you could, you wouldn't know that we went through this unless we told you like I'm doing right now. Gotcha. How, how did you guys support one another um, through the whole process? Because like you just said, it becomes work. It's not as fun anymore. Right. And then you have other things going on around you naturally. Your wife had her brothers um, have babies at the same time. So how did you guys kind of support one another? Um, you kind of just, you know, you talk about it, but, you know, try to be a support system for one another, try to just be there for each other and realize that, you know, 
you're not going through this alone, right? Mm-hmm. So that was something that I would try to do with her constantly. It's like, yo, you're not going through this alone. Like, I'm going through this too. Yes, it's your body, but you're my wife. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, she's, she, I mean, she also joined like um, different groups of women that are going through it, right? So that she has someone to talk of, talk to who can understand where she's coming from, right? Because as much as I'm kind of there for her and trying to be a support system for her, like, she's kind of right. Like, I don't get it, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. not, it's not my body. Yeah. Right? But, you know, I still feel pain. I still hurt. That loss was was a big loss for me as well. But I know, Tavon, like you, not initially, but eventually you started reaching out to me and you spoke to me a couple of times about like, what was happening to you. So yeah. I figured, like, I, like I'm, I'm happy that, you know, you can, you were able to kind of um, trust me in that, in that way so that I could just, even though I didn't know what you were going through, I didn't understand what you were going through completely, I was at least an ear for you. Right. So I hope that like other guys can like find that air, find that person that they could just just talk to, right? If they need to. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Women too, right? Everybody needs that that person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I didn't have a support group or anything, but I do have support systems around me. Right. So there's a little bit more to my story that I wanted to kind of share um mm-hmm. while we were walking working through. So we decided to go to, to to the clinic. Um and we went and we got um we got checked out, right? It's like they, they check under the hood to see what's wrong with you, right? What's wrong with, like, what's, you go to a mechanic to see what's wrong with your car. They, they check so, both. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they, um, Leslie, they, they did this this dye test to check her fallopian tubes where they inject dye into her, her body and they see like, oh, everything's open. Um, your uterus is, is fine. It's healthy. Um, so eventually we got diagnosed with unexplained infertility. <laughs> Pretty much, they don't know why we, we're not getting pregnant. Wow. Right. So she started us off with this uh, a medication uh, called Clomid, right? So what Clomid does is it helps the um, help you to produce more eggs, but it really only increases your chance of pregnancy by like seven percent. Wow. So when you do Clomid with IUI, it increases your chances to like fourteen percent, right? So eggs and more little people trying to get to those eggs. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, but, I don't so, understand. but so, 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 so also like it helps you to produce more eggs. So like your normal cycle, you will reduce, release like one egg. Right. So with clomid, like the follow, the egg follicles grow longer and it starts to grow more eggs. So you can have like two or three or four or more. Right. But they try to control the medication such that you only produce like, like two, like, like three at the most, they don't want you to have too many because it increases your chance of having multiples. Okay. So because if you release multiple eggs and you have all the sperm going in there, the chances are they can fertilize all these different uh, eggs that were released. And, now, right? I would, so, and if you have twins and triplets, that's a higher percentage of miscarriage. Exactly. So they don't really want you to get pregnant with multiples because then the pregnancy becomes higher risk. Gotcha. So, um, but we did the, the first round of Clomid. I think it had like three eggs. We were like, yo, we about to have twins, yo, we about to and it and it didn't work. Right? Like, all right. It didn't work. Um, next time we did it with the IUI, same thing, follicles looking good. It didn't work. Right? So and the more you do it, the 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 percentage goes down. Oh wow. Right? So so we had the optimal conditions and both times they didn't work. So, took a break. We're like, this is stressful. 
um, the more you do it, the more your percentages goes down, like the less likely you are to get pregnant. Um, and it was kind of probably like more so like fair and all those things like, man, we get one more shot at this and, yeah. and then they won't do it anymore. Yeah. So we decided to take a break, right? And we're like, you know what? We're just going to take a break. Um, I think we took a trip, did all this stuff, came back, and Leslie got pregnant, right? So, like, without any type of, um, you know, help from the doctors, we just regular, you know, she gets pregnant again. Mm -hmm. So we go, we're like, yes, and this is around Leslie's birthday now, right? So the first time was around my birthday. This time was around her birthday. Like, mm -hmm. great. Um, a couple months later, she had another miscarriage. So, and it was it was terrible. It it, it just that one was. If you think if I thought the first one was bad, the second one was worse. Um, we had like, even though it was early, we were talking about names. We, we were like hoping we had like a boy. We had a name picked out, all that stuff. Um, you know, and, and like it, it was like people like, even after my mom, my parents knew again. Right. So like, I remember my mom saying like, oh yeah, you know, it'll be okay afterwards. You know, you know, you have, you have them when she used the name. And I'm like, nah, that baby's gone, bro. Like, you know, most people think like, it's not a child yet. It hasn't been here, but like, no, the name, the kid that's gone. I lost it. I lost a child. You know, that's how I feel about it. Like, all right, let's take a break. We're still on break. We're like, you know, let's go back to the doctor. We did this other round. Um, not of Clomid, right. This, these, this other medication that they call injectable. So it, injectables would increase your chances by like a few more percentage. So like, you know, with Clomid and IUI, it's like 14%. With Clomid and, and with the injectables and IUI, it's like it pushes up to like closer to like 20%, like 17%, right? But now the injectables is like- This is crazy. Like It's an injection that she has to take <laughs> every day, right? So it's a shot. Um, so we decided to do those um, with IUI again. Um, now, like I said, now she's taking a shot every day yeah. <laughs> um, and it didn't work again, you know, from the time she had her surgery to all these doctor's visits and stuff, it's like over a year, we're trying to do this, this. So we decided to finally like, you know what, we'll go up another step. We'll do, um, IVF now. So, which is in vitro fertilization, right? Yeah. So we'll do IVF and then just really quick on what. IVF is essentially is they um they retrieve a bunch of eggs from the body um they fertilize those eggs outside the body until they turn into an embryo and then they implant an embryo back into the body for implantation so one of those things that we also decided during this time is like you know what we're gonna go to a different doctor we've been going to this doctor um they are a really big practice every time we go we see a different doctor they were giving us different suggestions um, saying different things to us. And they were like a farm. Like you started this saying like, oh, like 50% of women and stuff like that. I don't know all the statistics, but you walked in there and it was a lot of women, a lot of couples, yeah. like just in there every day. You were just like um, a number essentially. Yep. Just a number. So, um, Leslie actually had did the research and found a different um, facility to go to. And we decided to change doctors and for lack of a better word, we loved it at this new facility. The first time I went, the doctor was at the front desk and it wasn't, he wasn't at the front desk because they didn't have staff. He was at the front desk because he wanted to know his patients. Yeah. Took it back, you know, made her feel real comfortable. Like even some of the stuff that I left out in the process, like Leslie had to get blood work done like every day. So she's taking blood work every day. She's getting injected with a bunch of different shots. <laughs> um, like she was uh, essentially like, just like a pincushion. 
being poked and prodded throughout this whole process. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I could really do is be there, be a support system, and try not to make mistakes, right? And I got you. You're gonna make mistakes. <laughs> you're gonna make mistakes. <laughs> you're gonna say the wrong thing. You know, like you, you're just gonna. And we're very, we're very opposite. So. I already annoy her on a regular basis based on my thought process. <laughs> that, that must mean that must mean that you're married. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So like I would say the wrong thing all the time. Right? Say the wrong thing, but the only thing I could do is be a support system. That's all I can do. Be there for her. Whatever it is that you need. Yes. I just wanted to ask. How did this affect your marriage? You think you guys are stronger or? Um, um, I think that it was very rough on our, on our marriage. Just like I said, trying not to make mistakes, mm -hmm. um, trying to be good. Um, just like even with her talking to um, other people and stuff like that, like, yo, like just to let you know when you go through this, your hormones is going to be all over the place. You're, you're, you're having doctors playing with your hormone levels. Oh, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it makes you have hot flashes. It, um, it causes um, you to, um, I, I'm losing the word, but like, just be very emotional. You know what I'm saying? Like, mood swings. It causes, it causes mood swings. Like, it's not like, it's not you, right? It's like, I forgot what movie it was. It was like, uh, no, that was like knocked up. It was like, I know it's not you talking to me. F you hormones. <laughs> F you hormones. <laughs> right? It's not you. It's kind of like it's kind of like that, right? Like you guys are on a whole other level of it because you're taking the drugs to exactly. She's taking yeah. she's taking all these drugs and stuff like that, so it's it's causing her hormones and stuff to fluctuate. Mm -hmm. so, you know, like all these different things. So like, I just try to make it as easy as possible and be as supportive as I can be. Um, yeah. Do I get it right all the time? No, but yeah. all I can do is, is try, right? Yeah, I, I think it's. And listen to my wife and try to be supportive for her. So like, but it was a it's a it was a very trying time, um, yeah. just going through that whole process for both of us. Yeah, I think that's that's very important to be the support system because like it sounds like she went through a lot. Yeah. And then you not like um having the groups and stuff like that. You probably went through a lot that nobody knew about also on, on your own. And like I feel, I feel like I loved how much you talk about. Yeah, I had yeah, I took breaks, but yeah, I didn't give up. Yeah. Like, that's awesome that you kept looking for different options, you know? Like, some people would be like, oh, it's a year now, taking shots, I'm doing all this stuff. But you said, you know, let's keep looking for different options and support, and that's very good. Yeah, so so, so that's, that's kind of, we just kept working through it. We, like, you know, and, and kudos, very kudos to my wife, because like I said, she went through, she did this all, right? Yeah. She did this all, and I, I was there, but I didn't have to do it. It wasn't my, it's not my, it wasn't my body. I was just yeah. there watching and supporting. Gotcha. Right. Um, so um, we're going to this new doctor. Um, he's great. We liked him a lot. He was cool. He was very supportive. You know, he did the whole process. We did the, the retrieval and stuff like that. So um, just real quick, they give you um, they give you drugs, right, to make you produce more eggs and stuff like that. Um, and then so now it's not like two or three, like when we did with the clomid inject injectables. It's like 17. Right. So you produce all these eggs and then they retrieve them from the body um, and then they, they fertilize them and then they later on implant them, right? So we had, I think, like 17 like when we first started eggs and then I think 14 fertilized and then you wait um, 
three days and then you wait like five days to see how much you have left like which ones are like the most viable ones so like the end we had like 11 um and we had all of our embryo at this point they're embryos right um they've been fertilized they're embryos they're like little babies growing um and we had all very very healthy embryos um so like if you look at it like the chromosome mix up and all these things i'm not gonna go too much into it they were like your 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 babies are, are are good like they're very healthy they're strong you have like the best qualities we had um we had uh males and females at this point it doesn't matter to us right we want a healthy child that's it that's all that matters is that our child is healthy um so we said you know let let them pick you guys pick whatever the best one is that that you believe that's the one that we'll we'll do so we went um to the, the facility so they they take it and they, they 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 put one of the embryos in and they hope that it implants into the uterus and then it grows right we went we went out we did it we were like in there like oh yeah it's gonna be good and it didn't work <laughs> so oh, wow. it didn't work so now we're at, at this point where like man we're at ivf ivf increases your chances up to like 40 percent Right. So like after the other ones, all those percentages that I gave you, it's like 40 percent chance of working. We went, you know, we're like crushed. So now we got to wait a whole another month. Um, and like, do we want to keep doing this? And we went back to the doctor. The doctor we said was great. And he was like, no, I think you should do it again. Like, no, there was no no reason I didn't work. Sometimes it just happens. It doesn't work. Um, do it again. There's nothing wrong. I don't think you should do anything different. You should go back in. You should do it the same way. And the second time around. You know, Leslie was like, well, you can do a natural cycle where they don't give you a trigger shot to make you ovulate and you just track your progress. But that, that requires you to do blood work every day and stuff like that to see when you're going to ovulate in the optimal time. So, but it's like, now you're like, my body's been failing me this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, do I trust my body to do a natural cycle or do I go with the doctors and do it? And we decided to, to trust her body, um, even though it's been this all this, this whole time and not working. You know, we're like <laughs> four years in now through the whole the, the whole process, um, and we go back, we do the natural cycle, and it works. She gets pregnant. Gotcha. She takes all these pregnancy tests, and she don't tell me because we're supposed to do blood work to find out if she's pregnant or not. She took all these pregnancy tests, and they all came back positive. And the day that she was supposed to do the blood work. She laid out all the pregnancy tests. I was like, and I came out and I saw it and I was like, you're pregnant. And she was like, you're not supposed to do that. But I'm happy. And I'm like, oh, should I be happy? And it's like, oh, yeah, you're happy again. And then it's like, shit, well, we had two mis- we had two miscarriages. Like, should I be happy? Should I be? Like, should we tell our parents? It's like, no, nah, we're not telling anybody. You know what I mean? We're not telling anybody about this. We're just going to go through and we're going we're gonna to see how, how it works. Um, and it's stuck and we now have a beautiful baby boy who's out there i don't know if my heart can be more full i don't know if my heart could be more full for for, for him or for my wife and, and what she went through for this family so what advice would you give to other people going through a very similar process um one i would say don't give up two uh it's definitely it's definitely all worth it um and three don't listen to what anybody else has to say or think about it 
Um, there's a lot of people that have their own opinions. They'll tell you stuff like, oh, you're Russian, just wait. It's all in God's time and all this stuff. And all that is true. That is that, that you know, that's true. It is. It's, I still believe that it's in God's time because we took us four years, even with all those trying, all those different things, right? It wasn't until you said it was time that it happened. And I mentioned that, um, you know, Leslie's brothers both had kids and stuff like that. And it's a lot of stuff and lessons that we learned along the way watching them and going through their process. And like Leslie's older brother, then um, her middle brother, then her, they all had like stepping stone kids in the same age. Like you can really ask for it to kind of work out better, right? Like, um, we shared some of our story, even on social media, not like too much because we're, we're private people. But um, this other girl I know just recently had a baby and she shared that she went through IVF. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did. She was like, yeah, I know. I watched your story. I watched your story and you guys were inspiration to us. And I'm like, I wasn't even trying. I'm not trying to be a, an inspiration to anybody. It's just what I was going through and just kind of kind of shared. Kind of just be there. Like for fellas, be there for your lady, man. She's going through a lot. And yes, um, sometimes she might have an attitude and stuff like that, but it's the hormones. So you need to also be, you know, patient, right? With her, with your spouse. And she has to be patient with you as well and know that you're not going to always get it right, right? So if you, you work on it, you work on your relationship every day, you try different things, you keep pushing forward and, and you guys will be, be good. So that would be my advice is just to kind of um, stick, stick to it, be supportive, and don't listen to what anybody else thinks. Because everybody's process is different. It might be non-traditional, but I have a very, very healthy child. And he's, you would not be able to tell any difference. It's just the, the journey that it took to pregnancy. The rest of it is all the same. I think that's, that's awesome advice. And I think that it's very important for like, our listeners to hear the story and learn from the story. And anybody that's going through it, they're definitely going to learn from this. Because I learned a lot. Yeah, if it, if it can help one person, I'm happy. Thank you very much for sharing your story, Tavern. It's very uh, inspirational and it's a blessing to have Juju and I'm very happy to hear the end of the story. And it's not even the end of, you know, there's gonna be more, more to come. All right, everybody, shout out to PNG Sound for supplying the audio equipment for today. Thank you to everybody for tuning in, everybody watching and listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe, make sure you continue to like and give us five stars if you loved it. Thank definitely, you very much. Definitely. Thank you, thank you. Take care.